What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another quick solo episode here on the Multifamily Wealth Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about the three things that I learned from my worst deal in real estate. And to talk about this deal, we're going to turn back the clock a little bit. Uh, this is a deal that I did probably three, four years ago now. I think we sold it three years ago, three and a half years ago. And I don't think I've really talked about this specific deal on this podcast feed or put out a lot of content related to it. But I thought that the three things that I learned from this are probably very applicable to where other people are at in terms of growing their business. And there's probably something that could be learned (laughs) from my mistakes on this one. So I'm going to be opening up the wounds here a little bit and revisiting uh, this deal that I did really when I got into the business. It was a couple of years into the business. and, And there's a lot of painful lessons. So learn from my mistakes on this one and take some notes because these are mistakes that you definitely don't want to make and are extremely costly if you do make them. So I'll start with giving a high level overview on this deal. And you know, if you've heard me on other podcasts, which I don't you know, assume everyone listening to this has by any means, but you might've already heard me talk about this because it's usually my answer when people ask me, uh, you know, what's been your biggest failure since getting into real estate or you know, what's, what's a deal that's gone wrong and what did you learn from it? But I don't necessarily get into too much detail. So apologies if this is repeat info for some folks, but the high level overview on this deal was that it was a house flip that I bought uh, back in 2018, I believe. And I bought it uh, from a wholesaler who put it under contract at a foreclosure auction, which is something that I used to do quite a bit. And I know a lot of other investors used to do that as well. And um the challenge with that is you can't really inspect the property if it's a foreclosure auction. And in this case, I was two layers removed. Uh, there was the auction company, basically the um, the bank that was bringing this through foreclosure and selling it. And then the wholesaler that actually attended the auction, tied the contract up and then went out looking to assign it. So uh, didn't get eyes on the property beforehand, uh, but I knew the area very well. It's a great area. It was like an A neighborhood um, in the seacoast of New Hampshire. and the business plan was relatively simple. It was an up and down duplex. Um, I should say not an up and down, but basically first first floor was living space. And then it was a walkout basement that was finished space. And um, really all we had to do was go in there, renovate the units and rent it out. I was going to hold it as a rental. So uh, put it under contract, ended up closing it, used hard money to close it. And in hindsight, purchase price was accurate based on the information that I had and based on really the plan. There were still contingencies built into the renovation costs. I could go over budget, still make money, all that stuff. So I actually bought it right. But this leads me to lesson number one here on this deal, which is I, I just didn't do a good job at managing the construction process. So, so really the first lesson is you need to keep a close eye on the construction process, especially if you're doing a major reposition or a major renovation. Um, and even as, and, and double, especially if you're doing this in a house flipping or you're utilizing the house flipping strategy or something like that, and you're flipping a house because the variance in, in what happens if you aren't on top of that process versus if you are is so huge. And oftentimes the margin for error isn't very large on projects like that. Um, you know, if you're buying a multifamily property and you're implementing some kind of value add, usually you have a property management company that's helping you manage that process. You know, it, the, the process is a little bit more forgiving and that the general construction, at least within the units, isn't as, uh, I guess, grand in its scope as a, as a house flip oftentimes is. And um, you have, it's more forgiving. You have income from other units. Um, 
you know, the timelines are a little bit shorter. You're oftentimes not using very high interest debt to do the project. And for me, that was, this was the first time that I hadn't done a project like that in terms of this was a, you know, really the first house flip I'd done outside of some very small, like condo flips. So what I did was I hired a contractor that I'd worked with in the past that had done some unit turns from me, but they were not nearly experienced enough to do the level of renovation that we were doing on this property. So, you know, kind of sub mistake number one underneath mistake one of failing to keep a close eye on the construction process and to handle that process well was hiring an underqualified GC to run the process. And by and a byproduct of that was uh, their crew, specifically, you know, the, the labor that he had on his own personal team and his subcontractors were also not equipped to work on a project like this. And for context, this was about $125,000 renovation, $240,000 purchase price. So, I mean, it was a pretty hefty reno. So as a result, the work was subpar, wasn't up to standard. Um, we had to do a lot of the work over again. And eventually it got to the point to, uh, or got to the point where we just had to walk away from this relationship and basically kiss a bunch of money goodbye in terms of, uh, you know, deposits that we had a hard time tracking on what percentage of the work was completed based on the deposit that we made. So we left a lot of deposits on the table just because the only recourse there was to go through small claims, which we tried and it was a complete pain in the butt. And the work was subpar. So we had to, we had to do a lot of the work over again. And we lost time. And right. And I think that I'm going to touch on time as a really important thing to consider in some of these other lessons, but especially in a situation where you're doing a, you know, whether it's a house flip or a really heavy reposition of like a multifamily property where you have a lot of vacancy and high interest debt, especially time is as much of your enemy as incompetence on the contractor side. Um, you know, in this deal, the, the monthly interest payments were, you know, just under two grand a month. And we were losing months on this process. So th that's just something that you, I shouldn't say uh, interest costs, but holding costs. And that's something that you really need to be mindful of when managing a project is understanding the consequence of a, of a, of a construction project going um, the over the time allocated to that, because that's just as penalizing as overspending on the, on the rehab or overspending on the reno. So if you're going to get into a deal like this, especially with a less experienced contractor, you really need to commit to getting on site a couple of times a week at least. And I was doing this project from an hour and 15 minutes away. It was not a market that was close to me. So I was only really getting up there once a week. And you know, I was, I was making scheduled visits so I could speak with the contractor. And when I wasn't there, they weren't there. And it was just overall just a really, really bad experience. So uh, keep a closer eye on the construction process in these deals, especially if you're going to be doing a large project. Lesson number two was just biting off more than I could chew. A project of that size was way more than I could handle at that time in, in my business. Like I just wasn't experienced enough to manage a project of that scope. Um, in terms of the finishes that we were using in the units, in terms of some of the um, really some of the decisions that we made as it related to floor plan, uh, a lot of the decisions we made as it related to installing plumbing electrical, because we had to do a lot of that work over again. It was just a lot of things that I hadn't done before. And in hindsight, I would have been so much better off just bringing somebody into that deal that had experience with that type of deal. Somebody that had experience with bringing a homeowner finished quality to the market, somebody that had experience managing a project of that size and of that budget, somebody that had experience, you know, working with the town to pull permits to, um, you know, to go through the approval process, to go through the inspection process. 
And I'd only done a few deals up to that point, And they were just small multifamily where those are really forgiving deals. You can make mistakes in a multifamily deal and it won't sink you because oftentimes the dollar amounts are smaller in terms of the renovation scope. You have income coming from other units and the debt is a little bit more forgiving uh, in a broad strokes basis. So, you know, this is a lesson that I think really applies across the spectrum, whether or not you're even in real estate or just in another business. It's, you know, if you're going to make a step forward in your business and graduate to a level that you have not participated at yet, whether that's going from buying a 10 unit property to buying a 50 unit property, or whether that's going from flipping condos with $15,000 renovation budgets to flipping a duplex that has a $120,000 renovation budget that kind of has a different exit strategy in mind. Those are different worlds and you should probably have somebody, maybe not even, you know, if you're not, if you're not partnering with them on the deal, they should at least be adjacent to you to help them through that process. And I was just, you know, I just full steam ahead doing it on my own, making all of the mistakes. And these are very expensive mistakes. And I was making them at a time in my business where I couldn't be, where I couldn't afford to make them Um, a deal like this going over budget, going over timeline, you know, messing up my PFS, uh, making it harder for me to find debt on other deals, you know, pulling cash from the the other deals I was making to support the the execution of this one. Those all have catastrophic implications. And you just, you shouldn't put yourself in a position or even risk putting yourself in a position like that. So lesson number two is biting off more than I could chew. And I would advise everyone else, if you're graduating to another level in your business, at least have someone in your sphere that can help you tackle it. Lesson number three was not understanding my exit clearly and committing to it from the beginning. So like I mentioned at the top of the show, the exit here was to reposition both the units and hold it as a rental. However, when I was in the deal and things were going wrong and we were changing our finishes and we're changing our contractors, and we're bringing on a contractor that was a little bit more experienced with high-end finishes, I decided to pivot and actually convert this duplex back into a single family house. And which has all these implications to it. And at the time it was to save money because I didn't want to finish the kitchen on the lower level because the deal was going sideways and I wanted to just minimize my loss. And because of that, again, we extended the project timeline, took longer to get this done because we were kind of changing our strategy on the fly, which has a you know costly implication to it. Um, there was a lack of clear expectations set with the contractor, right? And there was miscommunications along the board there, which ties into lesson one. So if you're going to be getting into a deal, again, speed is paramount in executing deals where there's a renovation component, especially if there's high interest debt. So get into those deals with a very clear exit and stick to that. Stick to that plan from the beginning unless you have a very, very compelling reason to deviate. So on this deal, if I had just said, you know what, we're finishing two duplexes, that's what we're doing from the get-go, let's just get after it you know, and not let issues along the way deter me from that. Uh, we probably would have saved a few months on this project. And, um, you know, there are five other lessons that I conclude in this episode, but I don't want to make it an hour long podcast. And, um, and there's a lot of other things that tie into this as well. But from a high level, getting clear on your exit and not deviating from that and making decisions that align with that along the way is very, very important. So those are the big three. And I hope that no matter if you're flipping houses or you're in multifamily or in any other asset class, Uh, These apply to the situation that you're in or to the decisions that you're going to be making as you look at future deals. And really, the takeaway that I'd like people to have here um, outside of these three lessons is just work with great people. Didn't do that. Be mindful of speed. And if you're going to be doing something that you haven't done before, 
uh, do it with somebody at your side to make that process a little bit more streamlined and to make your decisions a little less costly. So thanks again for listening. And if you want to learn more about myself or our business, you can head to www.alignedrep.com and you can get on our mailing list there if you'd like to see some of our investment opportunities. And if you want to learn more about myself at Multifamily Wealth on Instagram, and as always, please leave, please leave this podcast a five-star rating and review as it helps the show get noticed by more folks. But thanks again for listening. We'll see you guys next week.